Hello and welcome. You are listening to Resiliency, a podcast that takes an inside look at enhancing the vitality and resilience of field workers. From experts in member care to frontline field workers, our guests will bring you their experience, their lessons learned, and always something practical you can take away and use to increase your resiliency in cross-cultural life and ministry. Co-hosts Silas West and Steve Finley are just one part of an ever-growing and strengthening net of member care in the Antioch movement. They want to see Matthew 24, 14 happen and do everything they can to help field workers have the kind of resilience that enables them to make it for the long haul. Hey, listeners, just before we get into a great interview that we had with John DeCryder, the director of Alongside, Silas and I just wanted to kind of give you a little update today. Yeah, we just want to thank you for making this a really great first year. We haven't fully completed the year yet, but in the last almost 10 months, we've Mm -hmm. been doing one episode or two episodes every month Mm -hmm. and uh, have over 10,500 listens. 21 total episodes. Yeah, I mean, our plan is just to carry on with what we've been doing. We want to keep providing great content from veteran field personnel, as well as professionals and kind of experts in various fields. And one idea that I'm excited about, Silas, is just that we are excited to um, have some episodes focusing on MKs in the months to come. And we're getting a lot of good feedback from different people who are sending us reviews or emails One person says, keep the episodes coming. As a person who is new to the field, I'm taking everything said to heart. So much wisdom and gold every time I listen. Thanks for doing this, Stephen Silas. Now, of course, we're not looking for any kind of praise for ourselves, but it's good to know that this is really scratching people where where they're itching. Another person says, this podcast is so helpful for anyone working in difficult circumstances. The stories of resiliency are super, super helpful to hear. So thank you for those reviews and just keep them coming because we really want to hear from you, especially in ways that help us to know how we can keep making Resiliency a podcast that is uh, helping you to make it for the long haul. Yep. Thanks so much for tuning in every two weeks, guys. John, we are so happy, Silas and I are, to have you on Resiliency today. I want to welcome everybody that's listening and we're so blessed today to have John DeCryder, who's the director of Alongside. So John, welcome. Uh, We've had a number of friends who've gone and just, they come back raving about how much they encountered Jesus and were ministered to by by you guys and what you're doing uh, at Alongside Ministries. So why don't you just uh, tell us, uh, first of all, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and your family, and also about your role at Alongside. Sure. Uh, Yeah, my name is John DeCryder, and uh, my wife Melanie and I, we've been uh, married for 17 years and have the privilege of having three daughters. Um, I've been the executive director of Alongside now for almost 10 years. Actually, it's been 10 years now. Um, And it's been a thrill for us to be a part of this ministry. Uh, My older two daughters are actually fluent in Spanish, and so it's been a thrill to have them come along and do some translation from our children's staff. They, they all welcomed that. So it's been fun. It's been a whole family thing. that we've, It's something we've all be, been able to get involved with uh, together as a family. That's awesome. So you're involved in something together as a family. Tell us about Alongside. Sure. Uh, Alongside is a ministry for people in ministry. Uh, we work exclusively with pastors and in global workers. We've been in existence since 2000. I've uh, been uh, in Michigan for almost all of those years. 
And uh, so it's, it's, it's a fantastic place uh, where we come alongside, as our name suggests, folks who are uh, in a difficult place, a difficult season, either professionally or personally, um, we come alongside them. So with, uh, with that, do you have like specific programs in, in what you do, or is it just whatever the person needs? It's a great question, Silas. Yes, we offer, we call our, our main program is called the Renewal and Growth Retreat. And we offer 12 of those in a given year. Those programs are three weeks in length. That's our main program. We also have a Marriage Rekindled program, which is a five-day intensive, uh, where we'll take a maximum of uh, six couples at a time. Uh, and that's a pretty intensive program, but very effective. And then uh, we also offer a med retreat. So if you have global workers who are medical missionaries, uh, that is something. Their needs are just slightly different. We have folks, that, medical missionaries that come to all of our programs, but that, that program is specifically geared for those in the medical profession. Um, so those are our main three programs. Do sharpening your, your interpersonal skills. We, do, we offer a few of those in the course of a year as well. So when you have 12 programs per year of the, of the renewal and growth, how often do those happen? Are they evenly spaced out through the year? Basically, once a month uh, is more or less how they come. Uh, for those that want to go to our website, alongsidecares.net, up the right-hand corner, they'll see a listing of the dates that are available to them. Um, and for each of those programs, we can take 12 family units at a time. Are they usually filled? Yes. Uh, so if they were to call right now, uh, we actually have openings. We're in our January program right now, just began this week. Uh, but any program is available for the balance of the year. Uh, however, we have been full for every program for the last three years. So sometimes we have a wait list. Oftentimes we're able to get somebody worked into to a program. Uh, so even if the program's full, I would encourage your, your team to, to apply anyway. And often we're able to get them into a program. Mm. So John, who says something about the effectiveness of the program or the need that's out there or both? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of both. Uh, we'd like to, we keep saying, but we would really like to go out of business. Um, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, so who is, who is coming, John? I mean, you, it, you know, even the word renewal, or are we talking about strictly, a, a, you know, a spiritual revitalization time? Or are we talking about people coming in just limping out of ministry or off the mission field or what? Uh, who's coming sure. to alongside? You get a little bit of everything, uh, but by the nature that it's a three-week program, uh, a lot of people look at that going, what in the world are we going to do for three weeks? I've never spent three weeks on myself right. before. Right. Uh, so just by that nature alone, we tend to have folks that are in a pretty difficult place. Um, there's really nothing that anyone, any one of your global workers will be able to share with our team that would scare them or surprise them at this point. Uh, we've been doing this for a long time. We've heard a lot of stories, have heard some very difficult circumstances. Um, but we've also had the joy of seeing amazing uh, restoration and renewal take place. Um, but they tend to be some fairly complicated situations. We have a lot of, uh, as far as where do people come from, last year I believe we had 61 countries represented, 90 different organizations sent folks to us. So they come from all over the place. They 
tend to almost always be North American passport holders, um, but a lot of them would not necessarily consider themselves Americans. They are from wherever they happen to be serving. Mm. Well, John, you said that that a lot of times it's the people that are really in crisis that come or in a, a really difficult place, and that's who comes. But maybe, uh, let me ask it this way, who should come to alongside? Well, in, in my biased opinion, uh, I think anyone in ministry would find tremendous benefit in, the, in, in our program. And in fact, we've had some uh, member care people come and just to check out the program and explore it. And we did some initial inventories and just kind of presented them to them and said, well, maybe you might want to consider being actual participants in this program. Uh, so they were not expecting to be a part of it at all. And then they come and two days into it, they're full on participants and mm-hmm. were extremely benefited by the program. Um, because we are very, very tailored into um, their experience. It, it's very flexible and very, um, it can be used for a variety of different circumstances. Perhaps it'd be helpful. I can talk a little bit about what does a program involve? Um, yeah. We, we, uh, the, the main kind of backbone of the program, I guess you could say would be seminars. Uh, we, we, we cover uh, two seminars each day because yeah, for many of us, we don't know what wellness is. What is wholeness? What does, emotional, spiritual health really mean. And uh, so we'll spend some time talking about some basic topics. Sometimes people are thinking, oh, that's needed. We talk about anxiety. We talk about depression. We talk about Sabbath, uh, talk about addiction. A lot of times people say, oh, that doesn't apply to me. And then they go through the summer and they realize, oh, huh, yeah, well, maybe I do have some addiction issues I need to talk about. So they build on one another. Uh, they're, they're set in a very specific order, um, and they're designed to kind of stir things up within the person's uh, the soul and spirit a little bit. We, we're, we're trying to trigger some things, and we, they're, they're set in a very intentional way. Then we have a group counseling component. Uh, well, there'll be five to eight people in, in the same group, and sometimes that's usually it's uh, same gender groups, but sometimes we'll have couples in those groups. It just depends on the makeup of the program. Um, and then they'll, which scares the fire to people. I'm happy to tell my therapist why I'm here, <laughs> but then they'll look across the room and say, who are you and why are you here? Can I trust you? Um, but secrets have their power when they're secrets. And when you tell their, coll- your, their colleagues under any circumstance, there's no way they would tell those people sitting in the room Mm-hmm. why they're at alongside and then they can see how this group of people care and love and support me anyway even though they know my darkest junk um it's extremely um empowering uh to, to leaders they get a break for lunch in the afternoon then they meet with their their appointed therapist and um and that's essentially what a day looks like so they're with our counseling staff four to five hours a day but there's a lot of free time in the schedule as well. We don't program the evening. So there's some time for them to be as a family too. So as a family, what, what's, what's that alongside for the kids, John? Yeah. So we, um, to my knowledge, are actually the only place, a uh, ministry like ours, that offer anything for children as far as an actual program. So when uh, the parents are talking about um, – Today was joy and um, anger, 
uh, I think were the topics today. Um, the kids were talking about joy and anger. Uh, and so they're learning the same topics that mom and dad are just at a, at a developmentally appropriate uh, manner. Um, in fact, I, I just had lunch with some of the parents and they were saying, it's amazing. I'm, I'm learning actually through my kids program. It's not just this watered down thing. It's obviously appropriately spaced, but I'm actually learning from what my kids are doing. And some of the illustrations that you're teaching the kids are benefit to me. So each day we give mom and dad a, uh, a talking point sheet where we can say, this is what was discussed today with your children. Here's some questions that you can ask to further that conversation with your kids um, and it's, uh, here's some activities that we did, or here's some things you can ask about. And, and so we really view the family as it's, it, they're learning together. We also have a program for teenagers as well. And that's also very different than what the kids, it's not nearly as structured, very interactive, very discussion driven. Um, so we, we accommodate the entire family, whatever age level they are. Mm. Wow. That's awesome are the kids programs kind of timed at the same time as the adult programs so that there's not a need for a, a parent to step out and take yes. care of, okay. Yes, so uh, basically the, the adult program starts at 8.45, they got they have a break for lunch at 12.30 and then they're back at it again at 1.30 in the afternoon. Um, so they their kids are basically from 8.30 until 3.30, we have their children and their adolescents. Um, so they have a counseling appointment in the afternoon, but other than that, they have time as a couple to talk through what's going on. And, and so they can have where they don't have to worry about the children. Uh, we, we have them. Um, so yeah, it's been then, and then, uh, for a couple of the evenings, um, we actually have the kids, uh, until seven o'clock in the evening. Um, so if they, they have a community dinner where we'll have, the whole adult group together will have the kids until seven. So they have an extended time for a couple times where they uh, don't have to worry about their kids. Wow. So you had mentioned earlier, global workers, do you, do your staff, do they get what it means to be a, a international worker or a global worker? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone on staff at alongside um, have ministry experience uh, so we get it. We understand um, whether it be a, a pastor or church, church domestic worker. Majority of our staff have been overseas. Um, even our facilities uh, director, he was in Romania um, in uh, Kenya as well. So we we know that we understand um, the challenges of being an overseas experience. Mm. So, John, you've mentioned uh, the sessions involving some t teaching, some, I think, small group interaction. Uh, then there's counseling that's going on. What else is a part of the program? Are there times where, uh, you know, like just do, do the participants worship together? Are there contemplative times? You know, do, do, you, do you space in quiet times, reflective times? What else is part of the overall program? Yeah, great, great question, Steve. Uh, we begin each day uh, with a devotional thought. So before we even get into the seminars, we spend 15 minutes together. And that just, uh, honestly, it depends a little bit on the, on the presenter that day. Sometimes it involves worship and singing. Sometimes it's an extended time of prayer. Uh, sometimes it's just a, 
uh, some some uh, some scripture thoughts to get us started in the day. Although I will say that there's scripture that it's woven in through all of the seminars. So, um, theologically speaking, I would put all of our our therapists at a very high level. I mean, they can go if needed toe to toe with people that are well versed in theology on different things to, to, to have some good discussion. Um, we do have, and we encourage, we don't necessarily program it. We're, we're careful how much we program versus how much we, we, we encourage things to happen organically. Yeah. Far rather to see worship come organically. So we, we have a keyboard, we have uh, guitars, we have instruments available. A lot of times groups will do that on their own. They will just have their own worship service that has nothing to actually do with the staff. The staff aren't even a part of that. We really work hard on building that community component, which is a pretty big distinctive of alongside. Um, people are often hurt in community. Healing is going to come through community. And uh, unfortunately, so often with many programs, it's a laboratory experience where they're, they're taken out of their environment, which they are here too, um, but they're not interacting with anybody. With, with the program, the way we have it designed, they're interacting with their colleagues and they become, get to know one another quite well and they're bouncing things off of one another. Hey, hey John, you said this, this is how that impacted me. And so um, the context of community is extremely actually necessary uh, for healing and extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so there's a lot that happens in that. Uh, you may have noticed I didn't say anything about meals. We actually don't provide meals here. Uh, and that's very intentional because we want to encourage that home environment as much as possible. We want families to have the mundane experience of preparing a meal together. There's conversations that take place over meal prep and having a meal together. Um, but we really encourage people to share meals together. We want them to have potlucks. We want them to invite one another over. I, I particularly, it seems more pastors with the global workers, but particularly pastors, so-and-so invited me over to their apartment last night just because they want to hang out with me. Because so often mm -hmm. we are known by, I'm missionary John or pastor John and not just plain John. And, and we often get tagged with our title first and then, oh yeah, and, and, so are people inviting me because I'm their pastor or their missionary or because they like mm. me? And yeah. they're invited because, hey, people like me. And that's hugely helpful. That's good. The person who may be saying, we need help in our, in our family, in our marriage, I need help because I'm, I'm burned out. You know, are they coming to the same program, I guess, I'm asking? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Our, our, our main program, the, the major component, the backbone of what we do is that renewal and growth retreat. So if they're not uncertain, that's probably one I would steer them toward because it hits on so many different issues. We're well aware of the fact that three weeks seems like an eternity to pull, unplug from things. Um, so it really depends you know, if it is if specifically in the marriage of what they're looking for doing, then perhaps that might be something they would look at. That program is very different from their renewal and growth retreat. The schedule of those days are uh, well, a little bit about what that program looks like. They'll spend uh, maybe 30 minutes talking about a concept and then they'll spend a couple hours doing initiatives or uh, activities relating around that concept, whatever was discussed. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very long, it's a full day 
program. I mean, that's a very, very full days. It's only five days, but it's full, very five, very full days. Right. Um, so it really depends on what they're trying to get at. Universally speaking, probably the New England growth would be the place to start. John, you, you mentioned earlier about your, your staff being uh, theologically astute enough to go toe-to-toe with, yeah. with uh, somebody that's biblically uh, astute. What would be basically, I guess, the qualifications of your staff? Are they um, pastoral counselors or are they clinical counselors or something in between? Great, great question. Uh, all of our staff are clinically trained. Uh, they're at least a master level. Most of them are doctoral level uh, therapists licensed in, in the state of Michigan and other places. But it's a full, it's, it's very clinical, although we are in a very residential setting. We try to make it feel non-clinical, although uh, we are able to invoice insurance uh, for the services that we provide. So a, a significant portion of the bill can be reimbursed by insurance. And it depends on, I'm not sure what Antioch's um, medical program is. Maybe it doesn't apply, but, um, but that, that's the level of care that we do offer that if that's something that's available with your insurance, it is reimbursable. Hmm. Okay. Um, so how would I know if I sent somebody there, how would I know that alongside is going to be effective for them? Um, I mean, we, you talked about how the program works, but is this like, a, is it geared toward immediate issues that they're facing or is there a long-term kind of a solution to, to what they're, they're dealing with? Yeah. So that's, that's the challenge that our, our therapists have to, to go with, as you would know, as a therapist yourself, uh, there's the issue that that's presenting by the client that they think they need to deal with. <laughs> and then there's the underlying issue that actually is what they need to be talking about, but you need to steer them in the direction of what the actual issue is, not the pressing, whatever the, the itch is at the moment. And, um, and make them think that, that it was their idea that they got there. <laughs> Exactly. You know how this works. Uh, so that's that's our that's our challenge. Um, we do a few things upon their arrival. Uh, we do a couple deep dives with some inventories, uh, so we can actually show them. Okay, this is what these inventories have revealed. What do you think about that? And have you thought about these things? And so that will get at um, some of the deeper issues that are maybe causing the symptoms that they think they're coming for. Mm. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll get at those things. We'll look at, for those that are married, we'll do a, a, a marriage satisfaction survey that will be able to show them graphically speaking. Okay, husband, this is what you think in these certain issues. Wife, this is what you think in these certain issues. And graphically, they can look at the the graphs and say, okay, there's clearly a difference. We don't agree here. And so uh, that's extremely helpful. Um, and we'll also get at some uh, psychological inventories that um, I'm not sure your listeners need to know what those are, but, but it'll, it'll get at uh, what, what, what the issue might be. Uh, we've also done, as far as the effectiveness, you know, a question that you might have is, this, is this, are there long-term benefits to this or is it a short-term uh, program? Uh, we, we've been doing a study for several years now where we will give them an inventory a month out and it's a hundred point scale and anything over 60 is considered clinical. Cause what we're trying to get at is, are you clinically depressed or are you just sad? 
Are you a little nervous or are you clinically anxious? And, and so we're trying to get at that. We'll have them take the same inventory the day they, before they start the program, the, the, the day uh, right before they arrive. And what we've, we've found over the years is there's no change. Time is not making a difference. And then we'll have them take the inventory as they're leaving. Clinically speaking, a 15-point drop in that, uh, the, those, those inventories indicate a significant change, clinically speaking. Mm-hmm. We regularly see a 30-point drop in mm-hmm. uh, those inventories. Uh, but what I get excited about is we have them take it three months, six months, one year out, and those numbers continue to drop mm-hmm. the further they get away from the program. Because what we've done with the program, it's not just a quick fix for now, but it's the tools that we gave them during the seminars that help them to become more resilient to what's good. Because problems are still going to come. The issues are still there when they go back to their field. We're just equipping them to be, to be able to, to accommodate those things uh, when they do arise. Hmm. So one of the things you just said just now is giving them tools that they need to become more resilient. Yes. Obviously, resiliency is the name of our podcast. And so we're interested in what makes people become more resilient. And so alongside buys into that notion yes. that resiliency can be learned. Yes, it can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it, and it comes through ways that you may not think necessarily. So it, it and again, it builds on one another and it covers topics of um, you know, emotion. What do I do with it? There's nothing wrong with emotions. Emotions are fine, but how do we help participants get an understanding of that in a way that's a healthy way? There's nothing wrong with anger. Anger's fine. God gets angry. But what do you do with those emotions? And, and are you recognizing what those emotions are doing to you? Um, so we, we, we through, through the seminars, through the different components, give them those tools that they need so that they're ready to address those problems and hopefully don't need to come back. <laughs> wow. Well, we, we've always had everybody that's come through your program from, uh, from our organization has always come back saying what a great place it's been for them, what a, a positive experience it's been for them. So anecdotally, we know that alongside is effective, but just hearing about the effectiveness uh, that you've been doing in a, in a study is, is really encouraging and it's definitely affirmed by, by our own experience. Fantastic. We, we enjoy working with Antioch. Uh, you guys have some fantastic uh, global workers. Um, and that brings up a, a good point, Silas. Our desire is to work in conjunction with Antioch and, and other organizations. Um, but the client is the individual that signed up. Our client is not Antioch. Mm-hmm. And, and so we want to work in conjunction uh, with you. And so I guess I would want to know if I were someone listening onto this podcast, how much are Silas and, and, Je- and Steve going to know about me when I come? And the answer to that is that they will know as much as we, you, you as the client allow us to tell them. Yeah, good. Um, so we, we actually will send out a questionnaire that we ask the client to send to somebody they think will be of influence that might have had some say or input of them coming to alongside we would ask them to send this the survey to them, a couple questions of basically why are you suggesting that they come to alongside. And that gets emailed back to the client themselves because we want the client to know what Silas thinks would be helpful, why alongside would be helpful for this family or individual. 
we want them to be aware of what their supervisor is saying about them or their someone within the organization is saying. And then that comes to the therapist and we talk about that with the client. Hey, what do you think about what he or maybe she said about why we sent you to alongside? At the end of their time, if, if the organization desires this, uh, we will put together a report uh, because we want a nice handoff with the organization to say, okay, this is, this is what was covered. Here's the inventories we took. This is what was indicated in those inventories. This is what the client wanted to cover while they were here. This is what was what the supervisor gave us feedback. These are the things that they wanted to see addressed. This is what was discussed while they were here. This is the next steps, and this is our recommendations uh, for uh, the, the client moving forward. Now, the client, you might be thinking, I don't want my supervisor to know that. You are given the report in its entirety, and you you get feedback as far as can until you sign off on it that you may send that to my supervisor. Unless you sign, it doesn't go anywhere and it stays here. Or as a client, you might, you have the ability to say, I like everything in this, but do you have to say this? And if in, in a good conscience, if the counselor feels okay with admitting that they will, mm. uh, because our desire is because Annie X, you have the responsibility to your global workers we don't. Uh, they're, they've been given to you. You have the authority over them. Um, and we want you to best know how to take care for them from this point moving forward. That's good. Great. Great to know. Yeah, that's good, John. Well, I'm sure that uh, our listeners going to the website um, can find out all the the need to know information. Is there anything that's not on the website that you haven't yet shared, John, that you would say, yeah, Stephen Silas, there's something else that I really want to share about, you know, what, what we've been doing or, or what people have experienced, you know, what else you got any other stories for us? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so again, appreciate alongside cares.net. I'm sure you'll probably put some sort of link on your podcast to where to find us. It can be a scary thing. You've never probably gone to a counselor for three weeks in a row. Uh, what in the world are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? What are we going to cover? But, but embrace the process. Time and time again, I have heard uh, clients will tell me that this has been the most significant thing they've ever done in their life. Uh, it, other than accepting Jesus as their Savior, wow. this has been the number one event in their life. Uh, mm-hmm. And forever moving forward, they will look at their life as pre-alongside and post-alongside. It is a radical life change for the better um, at every level, for kids, through teenagers, uh, through parents. If you're having any inclination that this might be something that might be helpful to us, I would highly encourage you to come. Um, and I'm not saying that because we're looking to have more people. Honestly, <laughs> we have a waiting list. Uh, but it's extremely helpful and would encourage you to, to invest in yourself. We, we wholeheartedly affirm that because of the testimonials of, of our people who've been there. So yes, thank you so much uh, for what, for what you guys are doing. And it's a privilege. I just get to hang out with people from all over. It's good. It's yeah. fantastic. So yeah. we enjoy it very much. And John, thank you so much for taking your time to, uh, be interviewed by us today for having this conversation with us. We really appreciated your your input. We've appreciated it alongside, like we've said, and really glad to hear from you. 
As we wrap up, I'd like to ask you to pray a prayer sure. of invitation, a blessing on our listeners and, uh, and anyone that might be uh, thinking about and praying about coming to alongside right now. Yeah, thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us and that we can lean in and press into you. And thank you, Lord, that you promised to never leave us or forsake us, even though sometimes it feels like we're left alone. Father, for those uh, participating into this, uh, this podcast uh, today who are maybe feeling like that they're abandoned or um, not sure what the next steps are, or maybe just simply paralyzed, Lord, would you empower them? Would you encourage them? Will you allow them to feel your presence? You, you, you do never leave us or forsake us, but sometimes we can lose sight of where you are. Make yourself known to them in a very tangible way. Father, would you encourage them? And if it is to come to something like alongside, Lord, would you enable them and to make that path clear? And uh, Lord, give them the courage to reach out and to ask and to look for help. Um, Lord, we, we are not intended to, to walk this journey alone. Uh, we're intended to be in community in, alongside one another. And uh, Lord, bring the right people along, each one of us, on, on a journey in our walk with you. And uh, Lord, thank you for the work that you are doing through Antioch. Um, it's, a, it's a good work, and it's a mighty work, and it's a blessed work. And uh, Lord, would you uh, give them great joy in the work of their hands this day, that they would take delight in the tasks that you have for them and that you would anoint and bless the conversations that they have. And for those that have yet to know you, uh, Lord, give us all uh, insight into see how you're working around us and to join you in that work. Yes, and uh, Father, um, as you've instructed uh, your priest to do on a regular basis, uh, to pray the blessing, when the Lord bless you and keep you, may he cause his face to shine upon you and grant you uh, his shalom. And Father, we, we are grateful that we are under the shadow of the protection of your wings. We pray these things in the precious, healing, redemptive, and restorative name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, John. Well, friends, that's it for this week's episode. You've been listening to Resiliency. This episode has been produced by me, Silas West, with help from my co-host, Steve Finley. We are so grateful for the generosity of our guests for coming on the podcast today. We also want to give a big shout out to the band Honest Men, who wrote and performed the music in our intro and outro. Special thanks for the voice talent of Sarah Neely, who introduced us at the beginning of the episode. If you liked what you heard, encourage your friends to subscribe and tune in in two weeks from now for the next episode of Resiliency. Resiliency.